shakeup in the ESPN Monday Night Football booth and the changing face of the media. All that and more on this edition of the Sports Media Beat. I'm Dan LaValle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Media Beat. We are putting this podcast together on January 7th, 2020. A lot of stories have unfolded since we did our podcast the day before. Let's begin with the speculation in the New York Post that there could be a shakeup in the ESPN Monday Night Football booth. Who knows? Could it mean the end of Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland as the Monday Night Announcing crew? Who knows, as I said, but... The Post is reporting, and this is Andrew Marchand's column, and he is the sports media reporter in The Post. He is reporting that sources have told him longtime Monday Night Football producer Jay Rothman will not return in that role, which means there will be a new MNF producer. And that usually, at least according to Marchand's speculation, portends a change in the broadcast booth because producers like to work with broadcasters with whom they feel comfortable. Now, who knows? Maybe the next producer will be comfortable with Tessator and or McFarland. But there is this thought process there could be a shakeup. We should point out ratings for Monday Night Football were up. And in my opinion, I thought that Tessator and McFarland did a real solid job in the NFC wildcard game on Saturday between the Bills and the Texans. I thought they did a real solid job. I thought as a team they grew throughout the season. And let's face it, when you start out with a new partner, it, it can be a struggle at first, but I thought that they grew through the season. And, well, the ratings are up. That doesn't mean there won't be a shakeup in the booth. And Marchand is speculating there could very well be. NFL ratings, more NFL ratings from the weekend playoff games. The first wild card game on Saturday, the AFC wild card game, which was broadcast over the ESPN family of networks. What is the ESPN family of networks, you ask? Well, it's not only ESPN, but ABC and ESPN Deportes. So, the family of ESPN networks, which carried that game, did very well. Got a 15.2 rating. 26.41 million people watched the game. The most watched NFL game on ESPN's family of stations that was not a Super Bowl since 2003. And the highest rated for an early Saturday wildcard playoff window since 2014 when the Chiefs Colts scored a 16 rating and 27.58 million people watched. Now get this one, Seahawks-Eagles on NBC on Sunday. That was the last of the four weekend playoff games. It actually went down 3%, but, and this is a big but, that game still scored a 19.2 rating and 35.1 million people Watch that game. Let me put this in perspective before we delve a bit deeper into these numbers. 35.1 million people watch this wild card game. You know how many people watched Game 7 of the World Series, the deciding game of the past World Series between the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros? 20 million something. 
baseball would would kill to get these ratings for an NFL wildcard game. So why do they put these World Series games on at night? Why can't you at least have the weekend World Series games starting at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon? Give it a chance instead of putting these games on late at night and they don't end until after midnight. Come on, baseball, wake up. I'm not saying put all of the World Series games in, uh, in, in the afternoon like they did in the old days. But my goodness, take some of them out of prime time on the weekend anyway and put them on late in the afternoon. Who wouldn't want to watch a World Series game Sunday afternoon at 4.30? Oh my God, we'll have to go up against the NFL. We'll have a little confidence in your product. I believe the NFL does counter-program the weekend World Series games anyway. So what's the difference whether you play the game at night or in the afternoon? Afternoon game, and it's a, it's a drop-off in the ratings, believe it or not. Afternoon game, the late afternoon game, which spilled over into the evening, attracted 35.1 million people, Seahawks and Eagles. Down 3%, but the 10th largest wildcard audience since 1999. 10th largest. Also, 702,000 people Stream the game on NBC's sports digital platform. That is up 32%. We're going to get to this a bit later on, what that all means. In Seattle, the game got a 47.2 rating and an 82 share. Do you know what that means, an 82 share? That means of all the TV sets in the Seattle market that were turned on, more than 8 and 10 were tuned to the Seahawks-Eagles playoff game. It did very well in Philadelphia, too, second-rated in the nation. A 43-and-a-half share, I'm sorry, a 43-and-a-half rating and a 65 share. So, yeah, the ratings might have dropped. Baseball could only wish their ratings dropped that way, quote-unquote. And listen, I, I love baseball. I broadcast baseball. I broadcast all the sports in my area locally, Broadcast the Hartford Yard Goats, uh, do uh, high school football games, broadcast some college basketball. All I am saying is baseball needs to use this as an awakening and put the weekend games in the afternoon, late afternoon. Well, but no network is going to agree to that kind of a, a baseball deal if they can't put the games on in prime time. Fair point, fair point. But maybe baseball needs to settle for a little bit less money so that they can get more people and in the long run make even more money. <laughs> they make a ton of it now in the billions. Oh, by the way, let's stick with uh, football for just a moment. The XFL will be getting underway after the Super Bowl. That's Vince McMahon's league, the return of the XFL. They did something very interesting. They announced on Monday that they have hired Genius Sports. What is Genius Sports? Genius Sports is a comprehensive integrity program firm, which makes sure by surveilling, in this case, the XFL, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
that these games are on the up and up because you're going to be able to bet on XFL games. Heck, you're, you're betting on NFL games now in states where betting is legal. So part of the selling package of the XFL is the opportunity for fans to legally bet on the games in states where wagering is allowed. And more and more states are going to allow wagering. And that is something that the XFL is pinning its hopes on. The fact that you can bet on those games, that you've got a stake in the outcome of the game. Well, they also, particularly since this is a new league, and let's face it, the players are not going to be compensated anywhere near what NFL players make. They also have to prove that this game is on the up and up, that these games aren't fixed, that this is a total, a total up and up operation. Consequently, they have hired Genius Sports to offer its surveillance to make sure everything is on the up and up. So that that story made the news on Monday. Also, talking of ratings, Sky Sports. How many people know of Sky Sports? They're overseas. They're in England. They are a U.K. pay TV broadcaster owned by Comcast. Who else? Uh, Comcast owns everything, even overseas, right? But nevertheless, they announced that their Sky Sports channels in 2019 showed a 12% growth. Soccer particularly saw a tremendous increase. And I must admit, I'm becoming more and more of a soccer fan. I really am. I love watching it. We've got family members, uh, young family members who are – into playing soccer and also who uh, love to play these video soccer games, in this case with the Xbox, and I'm getting hooked on it. I love the crowds, the roar of the crowds, the camaraderie among the fans, the singing, all of it. A lot of people in the United States have become big soccer fans. C.C. Sabathia, the retired New York Yankees pitcher who will probably go to the Hall of Fame someday, huge soccer fan. When the Yankees went to England last year to play the Red Sox in those two games, each game lasting about 100 hours long, if you recall. Well, Sabathia, who brought his family, made sure he toured some of the soccer venues. And it's on my bucket list. I would love to see a soccer game in England someday. But anyway, I digress. The English soccer's top flight Premier League in 2019 saw, saw a ratings increase of 21%. On Sky Sports. They were helped in part, according to this story, by Liverpool's 3 1 win over Manchester City in November, which averaged 3.36 million viewers, the third most viewed Premier League broadcast in the network's history. Hey, there are fewer people in England than in the United States. That's what? One tenth of the audience for the Seahawks Eagles playoff game, but still, 3.36 million viewers. Also, Something else to point out. This is the way of the future, and that's where we're going to wrap up the podcast today, the future. But the digital platform for Sky Sports grew in 2019 with 33 million unique visitors on its webpage and mobile apps. Also, 2.5 billion, that's right, 2.5 billion social video views across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, and even cricket gained in the ratings on Sky Sports. I'd love to go to a cricket match someday. It's actually big in the area where I live, in the 
in the summertime over in Greater Hartford, Connecticut. So finally, and this is what I, and I mentioned this on the previous podcast. I was going to talk about the future, and the future really is now. AdAge reported on its website, adage.com, Internet media, and I'm going to read verbatim here from the first two paragraphs. Internet media over the past decades surpassed TV, radio, magazines, and newspapers to become the biggest employment sector in media. Internet media is now the largest employment sector of all the medias. Internet media is the largest, surpassing TV, radio, magazines, and newspapers. The biggest employment sector in media is now Internet media. Employment at Internet media firms has more than tripled to 277,000 jobs since the Great Recession ended in June 2009. Some of you who are listening to this podcast have heard of Mike Francesa, who was so much a big part of WFAN and the growth of sports talk radio, not only for WFAN, but for the country, sports talk radio. Well, you know, he's dialed it back. Stepping down for a second time from his afternoon drive time show. Well, he's really not going away. He's still going to be on in drive time, except on Radio.com's app. Radio.com is owned by Intercom, which owns WFAN. And Francesa made his debut on Monday, January the 6th. His show is going to air on Radio.com, Mike Zahn, from 5 in the afternoon until 6.30 in the afternoon. The last half hour of the program will be carried also on Terrestrial Radio, WFAN. But now why do you think Radio.com would do this? Because this is where everybody is turning. And I've mentioned this for some time. And look, it, I still work in radio. I do, do some TV still. I understand the traditional media. But the times, they are changing, as evidenced by AdAge's story, how Internet media over the past decade surpassed TV, radio, magazines, and newspapers to become the biggest employment sector in media. And you see what Francesa's doing? what Radio.com is doing. We're doing this with a podcast, and I must tell you that Sports Media Beat, we are in discussions about taking this to the next level and not only presenting this as we do now in podcast form, but also going live as well. This It's changing before our very eyes, and I think it's it's very exciting. These are exciting times. They really are. And as far as I'm concerned, it is the democratization of media so that you don't and look at I'm not going to and I've had the opportunity to work with some of the greatest radio executives anywhere but you're not going to have to submit to program directors general managers station owners you are the owner you are the program director you are the general manager And if you can get your message out and have the talent to do so and to be entertaining, then you're going to make it. And if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It's up to you. 
Well, you know the words to the song. I think you do. That's going to do it for the Sports Media Beat. I will link to all of the stories in the podcast show notes. Just go to sportsmediabeat.com. And by the way, you can email me, dan, at danlavallo.com. We've got some big things planned for 2020. So, as I said, uh, I will have links to the stories that we talked about today and this podcast in the show notes, sportsmediabeat.com. And we are in all of the podcast directories, Sports Media Beat. And I hope you will subscribe to the podcast. And like I said, we've got some big things coming down the road. Thanks for listening. And as always, thank you for supporting the Sports Media Beat. Beat.